The podcast world is growing bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's Tip Jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Pizza City once you're there. I've adjusted the recipe so that it's not like a traditional Neapolitan crust. Um, I really respect those who pursue, the, go down that uh, road. But for me, I like a pizza with a little bit of heft, a little bit of chew. How did a nice Korean-American girl from Minnesota go from an English major at Columbia University and a potential law career into becoming one of the best cooks in Minneapolis? She's now running three restaurants there, two of which are devoted to pizza, and has a James Beard nomination to boot. Her story, coming up. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to the show, everybody. Very excited to talk about uh, today's guest, uh, Ann Kim from Minneapolis, my hometown. Um, I grew up in Minnesota, actually in St. Cloud, about an hour north of Minneapolis, but um, to Minneapolis when I was 12. Grew up on Shakey's, um, as some of you may know, uh, since 1954, I believe, in Sacramento it was started, but uh, we had a lot of Shakey's in Minnesota. Not the greatest pizza town historically, but there have been a lot of great places of opening up, opening up there over the last couple of years. There's a little uh, sort of local regional chain called Punch that does very good uh, sort of Neapolitan-style pizzas in, in wood-fired ovens. But Ann Kim is a great story, and I would encourage you, go to go online and look on Saturday morning. CBS uh, News on their, their plate or the dish, they call it, uh, did a, a feature on Ann because the Final Four was in Minnesota. And one of the reporters went over to see her at Young Joni, which is her fantastic restaurant. She's got a James Beard nomination for that. And then she's got two pizza restaurants, Pizzeria Lola and Hello Pizza. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Great story, immigrant story, you know, came over when she was like four or five years old. Uh, typical parents wanted her to go get a job she, as, a, as a doctor or a lawyer, wanted to go to a great university. You know, she ends up going to Columbia, majoring in English, um, had a potential law career, then w- really wanted to go to New York to get into acting. And that was kind of her her plan, I guess, without telling her parents. She was going to go to Columbia because they approved of Columbia. Uh, but then she wanted to go into acting and it just, it didn't work out for whatever reason. She did seven or eight years of, of acting in Minneapolis when she came back home. And her, she and her boyfriend, later husband, just decided to sink everything they had into Pizzeria Lola. And um, as we start talking today, she said that uh, you know, pizza was always kind of the go-to snack growing up in Minnesota, along with hot dish, I'm sure. But she didn't really fall hard for it until she went to college. 
If you ask any kid, it's the one thing that they would have during celebrations, after a ball game, you name it. It was kind of the food kids grew up with. But in terms of like my passion for pizza and wanting to open up a pizzeria, uh, that really began when I went to college out in New York. I mean, literally, it was like this the New York quintessential cheese slice kind of sustained me through my college years, that and bagels. Were you in the city? Where were you? Yeah, I went to Columbia. I was in the city and there was a corner slice shop, you know, every other block or so. So, I mean, that was kind of what provided sustenance for me. And when I decided I wanted to open up a restaurant, I really thought about, well, what is one thing that I really, really miss that I felt like I couldn't really get here? And that was pizza. And so I decided to focus on one thing and do it really well and open up Pizzeria Lola a little over eight years ago. Now, I know Columbia doesn't have a culinary degree. What were you studying at Columbia? Because it certainly wasn't culinary. Yeah, um, I was an English major. But honestly, when I chose Columbia, I had sort of an ulterior motive. I wanted to be an actor. So when I was in high school, I loved the theater, and I've always sort of loved to tell stories, and I wanted to act. My parents, however, were immigrants, and that was not something that they saw in my future. They wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. And so I thought, okay, if I get into Columbia, it's a school that they approve of, and I'm going to go there, and at some point I'm just going to start acting. Well, that never happened. I loved the education. I loved... Uh, being there, I thought I'd go to law school. I worked in a law firm for a year, and that kind of stamped that, no, this is not the path I want to take. And where did you grow up? What was your pizza experience as a kid? Bad. <laughs> you know, growing, I, I was um, born in Korea. Our family immigrated to Minnesota when I was four. And pretty much K through 12, uh, grew up in Minnesota. So I'm Minnesotan, I would say. I mean, I have a little bit of an accent. But growing up back then in the late 70s, early 80s. Shakey's? Uh, you know, I had shakies in St. Cloud. Yes, there was shakies. I guess, I guess there was that. But my parents really didn't eat pizza. I grew up eating Korean food. So and and I think my parents were a bit lactose intolerant. So it wasn't something that dairy wasn't a part of our diet. But when it came to celebrations or birthday parties, uh, you know, it was sort of pizza was kind of at the center of it. And there was a place, though, not far away from us called Old Piper Inn, kind of a shakies type family style pizzeria that had the square slices, really thin, lots of cheese. And that's what I remember. And I acted professionally for eight years. So I did that for a while, but it got to a point where I just felt like I wasn't able to make decisions for myself. You know, I was hustling. I had a bunch of side hustles in order to be able to support my art and it got really tiring. I had no agency, you know? And so it was when I met my boyfriend, now husband, he it was during the financial crisis. He lost his job in the financial industry and that's when we said, let's do something else. Let's do something crazy. What would that be? He knew I was a really good cook. Don't have any professional culinary experience, but my mother and grandmother uh, were amazing cooks and we made everything from scratch. And he said, you light up when you cook. And I said, well, that's true, but I've never done it. I was scared. And that's when he said, well, let's just focus. And that's when I said, okay, what is something I could focus on, study, learn, nerd out about, and then just do it really well? Grew up with a really good work ethic from my parents and said, you know what? I think it's pizza. And that's when I started just really diving deep and started reading books on artisan bread. Because at, at the time, there wasn't a lot of interest in pizza. Pizza was just fast food. It wasn't really considered a craft. Um, and there was little information about it. But what I realized and what I believe that fundamentally the best pizza starts with the dough.
And Absolutely. Great, great dough is like great bread. And uh, if you understand what it is you want to make and how you want it to taste, you can um, make a lot of decisions in terms of your dough recipe to get that. So let's talk about your dough then. Um, All-purpose flour, what kind of flour are you using? And then tell me about how long it's fermenting and what about your starter? Yeah, actually people think that I use like a higher protein bread flour, um, but I actually use a double O Italian flour. Yes. So finely milled. Yes, it's finely milled, um, but I the recipe is to... I've adjusted the recipe so that it's not like a traditional Neapolitan crust. Um, I really respect those who pursue go down that uh, road. But for me, I like a pizza with a little bit of heft, a little bit of chew. Um, my dough recipe is similar to a baguette recipe. So I use a, a starter, a poolish. Um, and some people like to use a biga. I like a poolish because I think it has a little bit more of a creamier taste versus more of a sour taste that a biga produces. Oh, they're they're pre-ferments, right? How do you explain this? Yeah, so basically a pre-ferment adds flavor. So it basically uh, uh, increases the time of uh, that fermentation. Um, but instead of having to have your dough sit for, say, maybe four days, you can cut that time by accelerating it by adding the by accelerating the fermentation process. So a poolish is traditionally 50% water and 50% flour. A biga is a little bit different than that. It's usually it's sometimes it's like 80/20. It just depends on what you're looking for. And so uh, I really wanted the characteristics of like a really great baguette, a little crispy on the outside, but really light, airy, and chewy on the inside with kind of that depth of flavor, um, like really great bread. Yeah, so we just had, you made a sausage for us here, and then this Korean one we're going to talk about in, in our next segment. Yeah. Um, and it is, there's almost like a little bit of a tang to it, um, like a sickle sourdough tang, but it's it's a two-day at least ferment, right? Yes, yes. So we make our poolish, uh, and we let that rest um, at ambient room temperature for about 17 hours, and then we add that to our uh, dough recipe the next day. We ball the dough and then we let that rest for at least another 24 hours. So it's a minimum of 48 hours, but I usually like to push it a little bit longer. You know, um, it can go, uh, uh, you know, an, another full 24 hours. And sometimes if it gets really cold here, which we live in Minnesota, so it does and it's dry, we can even push it to four days. And it's, it's, it gets a little bit hard, more difficult to handle, but the flavor is tremendous. Talk to me about how you bake this. you got a beautiful oven from France, right? Yes. So um, our pizza ovens is a Le Pagnol, and that particular oven is traditionally used in France as a bread baking oven. And I researched all sorts of ovens, um, and I reached out to some people that had been using it here in the States, one of which was Cyril Hicks, who is a bread baker and a teacher, and he had one... um, where he was teaching at university and he said he swore by this oven, uh, mainly because it was a beautiful bread oven. And I knew the, the fundamental, you know, the foundation of my pizza was also going to be like bread. So when I researched it, I researched the thermal qualities that it could retain heat. So we're really busy here at Lola. So it was at 
the busiest times we have maybe 10 pizzas on the deck and it recovers really quickly um, and it doesn't take too much fuel to get it up to temp. And since you're not doing a traditional Neapolitan, even though you're using the double zero, um, you're having a slightly longer bake, which I'm guessing is a slightly lower temperature, so maybe 700, yeah. 750 as opposed to 900 yeah, to 1,000. Yeah, so I like the Neapolitans, you know, classic DOP, it's like 90 seconds or something like that. We bake our pizzas around four minutes, so it gets a little crispier, um, a little more developed, so yes. The deck is not quite as hot, but it gets pretty hot. And the cornicione doesn't have, it's not, not as soft, and it don't have the, the, the leopard spotting that you would find in a traditional Neapolitan. There's char, of course, yep. um, and, but, and there's firmness, but it's a tighter cornicione. Yeah, and I like that. You know, I like to lift up a slice. And you notice? Oh, look at that. Very little tip sag, even yeah, though there's a big piece of sausage on there. Sag. And underneath, if you look at, you know, now we're totally nerding out here. We're pizza nerds. But the skirt, I mean, you see sort of the ripples, the bubbles, the air pockets. And I love that because that really means that uh, once it, the pizza hits the deck, all of that heat is going into the crust, building that lovely structure so it's light and airy and crisp. And I always call it undercarriage, and you're calling it the skirt. I like that, too. <laughs> You know, whatever you want. We both understood what we were talking exactly, about, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you opened this eight years ago, but you also have another restaurant called Young Joni. You're yes. also making pizzas there, but yes. same recipe. Yes. The dough recipe at Young Joni is the same, but it's funny. It reacts differently. It's a different location. It's, a, you know, again, we're not using a natural... It's not naturally leavened, but it's still a poolish and it's still a pre-ferment. And so there are things in the air and, uh, you know, different ambient temperature. So sometimes it reacts differently, but it's the same recipe and we have to adjust it. So I always tell my cooks, like, your hands are your most important tools. If it doesn't feel right, we have to make adjustments to the dough. But yes, that's the same. At Hello Pizza, however, we use a very different recipe. That's part of my next segment. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Ann about some of the really interesting toppings she has way beyond just uh, bulk sausage, but bringing in some of her Korean heritage. And we're going to talk about her other place, Hello Pizza. And we're going to preview our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Could listening make you a better parent, a better leader, even a better person? Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? There's never been a better time to start listening on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. I am actually looking at one right now called Slice Harvester. I talked about this briefly in my book. Uh, it's by Colin Hagendorf. It's really, it's a, it's a Slice Harvester. It's a memoir in pizza. And I was checking different filters on the, on the, um, on the website. And I wanted to go, well, less than like six hours. I got a long flight coming up. So this is at five hours and six minutes. Perfect for me. And it talks about the, the neighborhoods and the slice situation in New York City. So Slice Harvester is something I'm definitely going to be checking out. Now, Audible members can choose three titles every month, one audiobook and two Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. Audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs, 
perfect for working off that slice of Sicilian you just ate yesterday. You listen on any device, anytime, anywhere. You're also going to enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories, the best place to listen. You can get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash pizza, or even easier, text pizza to 500-500 and listen for a change. Okay, Audible. Again, audible.com slash pizza or text pizza to 500-500 and listen for a change. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Ann Kim this week at Pizzeria Lola. We're in Minneapolis. And by the way, a lot of places we've interviewed folks tend to be near the city core. We are definitely in the suburbs here. We're, what, in Edina? Uh, technically, we're in Minneapolis. If you cross the street, that's Edina. Okay, so we're in, the, we're in the Armitage neighborhood, which is basically the southwest corner of Minneapolis. Next to a dry cleaner. Yes, you know, you get any saw red sauce on your shirt, you can take it over next door. <laughs> okay, so obviously you said you grew up eating Korean food uh-huh. in Minnesota, yeah. um, and Korean weaves its way into your menu here a little bit. How so? Uh, you know, it wasn't intentional. It was something that I thought, you know, I wonder how I could weave that in somehow just for fun. And so both Korean pizzas, uh, the one that you've been eating right now, the Korean barbecue actually started as a special. And uh, I decided, you know, I wonder if people would enjoy eating Korean barbecue on a pizza. So I experimented with it and came up with this pizza, offered it as a special, and people loved it. And then as specials go, we take it off, and we got a lot of phone calls asking where that pizza was. And they said it was just a special, and they were pretty angry. And so we brought it back, and it's actually one of our number one selling pies. Because it's beautifully marinated and grilled carby, short rib. And then you've got this awesome salad on top with arugula that's been dressed with gochugaru and gochujang and vinegar, and it's got all that bite and contrast, right? Yeah, I wanted to get kind of the flavors that you would get from eating panchan. So if you go to a traditional Korean barbecue, you aren't just going to get barbecue. You always get all those lovely and normally free side dishes that have that acidic quality. And so to balance out the richness of the barbecue, you would always have some kind of kimchi or some kind of fermented vegetable or something in that kind of flavor profile so that's why i added that okay and you have another one though yeah and that one's called the lady zaza and with kimchi with kimchi and so that kimchi is a recipe that was uh has been in our family for as long as i know um it was uh the kimchi that we made growing up uh back in the late 70s early 80s uh every november we would get lots and lots of napa and we'd sit in the basement in the laundry room floor and we'd actually use the kiddie pool that my sister and i used to wade in in the summer as the bowl that was big enough to actually brine cabbage because that's how much we made it got us through the entire winter so we would uh brine that and then we'd do the kimchi squat on the floor and we'd all be responsible for putting the kimchi paste in between the cabbage and uh, letting it ferment over the winter and we had a designated fridge actually for just kimchi you gotta have one 
Oh yeah, it'll stink up everything else and the amount of kimchi we ate, we needed that. So that particular kimchi recipe made it to this pizza. And so it's basically um, just a really simple red sauce, which is um, uh, to tomatoes that we just puree. And then our house made kimchi. Also, I make a sausage, a Korean sausage that's similar to our fennel sausage, but it has a Korean thing, Korean ingredients like ginger and gochugaru and sesame oil and soy sauce and so we add that some scallions a little bit a little touch of sesame oil we bake that off and then we finish it off with um, what I call sort of our zaza sauce which is similar to our vinaigrette but a little thicker a little hotter and drizzle that over with some sesame seeds and that is the epitome of like my palate and Koreanness. I, I think I mean going on a limb I think you're probably the only pizzaolo in America who is making their own kimchi to go on their artisan pizzas. I've never seen that combination anywhere. That's really unique yeah. that you're, and, and of course, cooked kimchi is fantastic in oh, stews, in, yeah. right, with bacon. I almost prefer it. Let's shift gears here. Now, this other pizza in front of us is the sausage. And you just indulged me. You just, you were putting pepperoni on this, and I was like, I just want to have the sausage because I'm from Chicago. Um, so, and as Midwesterners, we agree that on the East Coast, it's an inferior situation because you're getting oh, these cooked lengths of sausage, there. right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I can say it. I said it in my book, too. Um, so here you've got sort of the pinched and pressed, the bulk sausage with lots of fennel in it. But you have quite an artisan approach to this sausage. Tell me how this works. Yeah, so this year, so we've always made our own sausage in-house. But this year, we've started butchering hogs at Young Joni. There's a farmer we work with, and he brings us beautiful red wattle pigs, which are known for their fat. And so basically, we grind that pork. And again, we butcher once a week and we know it's fresh. So we take that pork, and it's really quite simple, uh, fennel that we toast, uh, some chili flakes, garlic, uh, black pepper, um, and that's basically it. And it's just, you trust the ingredients, that's it. It's really delicious. I love this pizza. I, I would crush this one if I wasn't going to another pizza place right after our interview, which is called Hello Pizza, yeah. tell me about this place. When did this open and what's the style there? Yeah, so two years after I opened uh, Pizzeria Lola, I really wanted to open something that paid homage to the pizzerias that uh, I kind of sustained myself on in, in college, which was the New York Slice. So I wanted to open up a place where you could come in and you didn't have to commit to an entire pizza. You could grab a slice and a soda and be on your way. Now, in your mind, because mm -hmm. Columbia is way up on uh, Manhattan, are you, yeah. were you thinking, like, did you ever go downtown to, like, Joe's on Carmine? Or what was it, pizza oh, memory? everywhere. Like, um, but, you know, as a poor college student, there was, uh, I forget forget the name of it but literally the slices I think were maybe two dollars and they're as big as your head greasy oily but after you're out drinking in the weekend that's all sure. you care about sure. but there was also a great pizzeria called VNT's which I think is still there now and I heard recently there's a place called Mama's 2. Mama's 2, yes. I think it's on the Upper West Side, not far from Columbia. So the next time I'm in, uh, you know, my old stomping ground, I got to make my way over there. And Upside Pizza, I heard, is great. Oh. In Midtown, they're doing an all-natural starter. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? I'm sure the quality of the pizzas has changed uh, since I've been there. And I think people's palates have developed. The respect that people have for pizza now, you know, has changed. Uh, 
but there's still the classic places like I mean, gosh, I always have Prince Street, oh, yeah. my favorite yeah, like square. Sicilians, like, yeah. The Sicilians. And are you and, doing Sicilians at Hello? Yes, okay. we are. Yeah, we are doing Sicilians there, and it's one of my favorites actually. So be sure to get a slice of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was just sort of I wanted to pay homage to those places like Defaras and Grimaldi's and just classic. Uh, New York slices and so uh, that's what we did and it's not too far from here and uh, it's been kind of a, a cornerstone of that neighborhood. So if people come to Minneapolis they, they could check this box at either Lola or at uh, Young Joni for this style of artisan pizza, but yeah. they'd have to go to Hello for the other style. Yeah, and I encourage you to do it. So there we basically, it's very simple, it's counter service. You can get a slice or you can get um, a whole pie, you can get a, a few different sizes. We also do two uh, meatball sandwiches. One's more of a classic Italian uh, uh, sandwich and the other one's called the Korean cowboy, which is uh, my version of what a Korean meatball would t taste like. Um, and it's got uh, sort of banh mi accoutrements to it. And uh, I love that too. Okay, last question. I ask a lot of our pizzaolos this question. Knowing what you know now, um, you've gone through a lot of R&D to develop your dough recipe. As you said, you wanted to make it more reminiscent of bread. What would you tell yourself seven, eight years ago before you got into all this and did all this research about making great pizza? What would that advice be today, knowing what you know now? Oh, man, that it's really about practice, repetition, patience, and flexibility. Because the thing about dough is it's always changing. So just when you think you have a recipe, and I'll freely give my recipe out to anybody, but that is not the secret. The secret is your hands. The secret is understanding uh, what time and temperature does to your dough, that it's going to change it. So unless you practice and understand what you're looking for, you can't maneuver and be flexible to change it to get back to what you're trying to do. So if I were to tell my old self, I would just say, be patient, keep practicing, and let your hands tell you, and let your palate tell you if you're doing it right. And Kim from Pizzeria Lola, Young Joni, and Hello Pizza here in Minneapolis. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Steve. Coming up in two weeks, our first trip outside of the U.S. for pizza in Montreal, of all places. So I got 700 Fahrenheit, nine on the top and two on the bottom. So basically what happens is that I'm getting more of a char on top and the bottom it gets just like, you know, you're going to see, you know, the undercarriage, you know, you're going to have all those nice bubbles, but it's not going to be black. It's just going to be like perfect. I'll talk with Michele Forgione, the driving force behind Pizzeria Gemma, where he and his pizzaolo will show me how they make their artisan pies. That's in two weeks on April 26th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or the Himalaya app. And please review us. And by us, of course, I mean me, since I produce today's show again. You can follow us on at Pizza City USA on Instagram. On Twitter, it's at Pizza City Tours. And speaking of tours, you should take one the next time you're in Chicago. More info about those and how to get my book at PizzaCityUSA.com. You can send compliments or complaints to me on all social media at Steve Delinsky, and that's S-K-Y. A bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in The Loop Monday through Friday only. There's a pop-up going on there every three months, a new pizzeria from a different uh, neighborhood in Chicago. Currently, it is My Pie, which does a fantastic deep dish that uh, has really been around since 1971. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, optimal bite ratio always.